I won't bring down the show from the start by singing It's the Most Wonderful Time of the Year. I'll just say it. Hoosier Hysteria is the most wonderful time of the year, especially for two dopes that do a video podcast about Indiana high school basketball. Welcome to Hangtime Indiana, a division of the ever-growing state champs Indiana empire. Alongside Drake Wally from Shine 99 in Frankfurt, my name is Greg Rakestraw. I'm all over the place this uh, time of year. Vice President of the ISC Sports Network is my official title. Drake, as always, it is good to be with you. And it's always great to be bringing you the best action in high school basketball. Now, uh, it's great to be here with you, Greg. But before we get rolling into it, as always, I have to remind the people that every Wednesday right here Hang Time Indiana brings you everything that is high school basketball in the Hoosier State. Right now, we have got boys, regionals, semi-state, state. It's all coming up, and we're all going to cover everything that happened in sectional now. Uh, the regionals are going to be great, but there were some exciting games from sectional that we absolutely have to discuss. Top stories. Let's jump right into it. 1A, Bar Reeve just absolutely trashes the sectional, and they go straight into regionals as one of the top teams in 1A. Well, Bar-Reeve and, and, and Fort Wayne Blackhawk Christian, you know, I think are, are one and two, clearly. Mm-hmm. You could say 1A and 1B, but remember, they played earlier this year, <laughs> and then Blackhawk has been a part of that great tournament down in southwestern Indiana over the holidays the last couple of years, and they wanted to play in that tournament, so they exactly knew what they were going to be up against against Bar-Reeve if they make it to a state championship game. So, Fort Wayne Blackhawk went into the post season as the most prohibitive favorite uh, in their sectional and averaged more than 100 points a game in in said sectional. Bar-Reeve, a little closer, uh, but Bar-Reeve sectional got some attention, not necessarily because of Bar-Reeve, you know they're good every year, Mm -hmm. but because of the great story of the Shoals Jug Rock. Shoals had their first winning season in 22 years made the sectional championship game, and every person that ever lived in Shoals, had thought about Shoals, had seen (laughs) Shoals on a map, showed up wearing blue in that sectional. Unfortunately, Bar-Reeve had no sympathy for Shoals and won that game going away, which was somewhat expected. So Bar-Reeve took care of business in their sectional, as did Fort Wayne Blackhawk Christian. But a special shout-out to the Jug Rocks on a great year. And you gave the folks in your neck of the woods in Martin County hope for the future. Job well done, Scholes. And, you know, we've talked a lot about Bar-Reeve and another team that we've talked a lot about that actually had an eight-point win in sectional 43 against Speedway, winning and moving on to be one of the top teams in two-way. We've got Heritage Christian. Well, Heritage Christian, and again, the, the big moment for them, no offense my buddy Chuck Bennett in Speedway, but it was beating Park Tudor the night before. Mm-hmm. Remember, Park Tudor, those two teams played back in December, and Park Tudor got a win in a close game. So those are the two teams that lined up against each other on Friday night, and you felt over won that contest would be the favorite against Speedway. Knowing the spark plugs the way that I do, not surprised they put up a heck of a battle Mm -hmm. trying to get out of that sectional. But again, once Heritage Christian got past Park Tudor, they were the favorites. And don't forget, Heritage Christian two years ago made all the way to the semi-state before Crawford County knocked him off over the Tiernan Center in Richmond. Heritage Christian will have to get through Shenandoah and some other good teams in their regional at Greenfield Central. But job well done to the Eagles, taking home their section, their second sectional crown in the last three years. Now, see something I noticed in 3A. We just talked about Speedway dropping the game by eight points. That's not a lot of points. But what's even fewer than that is winning by one in overtime, Greencastle defeating Crawfordsville. Well, not only does Drake 
Mike have a knowledge level of Indiana high school basketball, he can also do basic math. Yes, seven <laughs> points closer than an eight-point game in a two-way sectional. Now, Greencastle and Crawfordsville played each other the opening game of the season, and you never know how that's going to turn out when you face the same team uh, the next time around. So, Greencastle, congratulations to them. They have been struggling to some degree over, over uh, recent years, mm-hmm. but the Tiger Cubs now advance onto the regional. They get to play on their own home floor. It's got to count for something. And one of the biggest stories we got to talk about is Warren Central falling to Lawrence Central by 15, thus ending any chance of a Warren Central repeat championship. Well, LC did in Warren twice this year, and they played three times, and every game had literally historical significance. <laughs> so the first time they played Warren won, which made them back-to-back Marion County championships. That doesn't happen very often. Four days later, LC beat them to end a 46-game winning streak, which was the third longest in boys' high school basketball history in the state of Indiana. So the uh, rubber match of the series happened in the sectional championship game at Lawrence North, and it was a decisive early fourth quarter run. It was a three-point game, 40-37 going to the fourth quarter. LC comes out and makes seven consecutive points, makes it a 10-point game. And for a team that is as good defensively as Warren Central is, LC put up 27 on the board in the fourth quarter, and it wasn't like there was a big bunch of fouls that made it that way either. It was what they got out of their offense. Their big three, so talented in Jake LaRavia, the 6'8 senior, Dre Davis, the 6'6 junior, and Nigel Pack, the 6'0 junior point guard. All those players at least average 16 points. They all shoot at least 35% from three-point range. They all average at least three assists a game, and they all shoot at least 83% from the free-throw line. Al Gooden has won a state title in the past in Harding, and uh, they're gonna. Not, it's not going to be an easy path to get to Bankers Life Fieldhouse, let alone win, but <laughs> LC is absolutely in the mix as far as teams on the 4A title chase over the next three weeks here in the state of Indiana. You just heard the, some of the best stories that we've got by class, but you know what? We're going to just jump right right into it we're going to talk about the regionals we're going to talk about some of the sectional matchups that happened and we're going to do it by class i am going to go ahead and discuss maybe one or two games that i feel are going to be pretty exciting and then i'm just going to pass it right on to greg and he's going to give us some more insight on some of these matchups now we're going to start off with one a a matchup that i see uh that i see as, as pretty significant and it's mainly because of one team but nonetheless, you never know what could happen. That's Fort Wayne Blackhawk Christian against 21st Century Charter. Now, you talk about Fort Wayne Blackhawk Christian. Mark Davidson has got that team absolutely as one of the front runners to win the championship. They averaged, as Greg said, over 100 points through sectionals, demolishing any competition offensively. Frankie Davidson averaging over 20 points a game. And uh, would you say that they're the front runner for 1A? Well, again, them and Barber even think there's a gap then from those two to everybody else. But you picked a great game because... Fort Wayne Blackhawk Christian, we knew they weren't going to be challenged in the Mm -hmm. sectional. Clearly, they weren't. They'll be challenged by 21st Century Gary in the regional. Again, 21st Century cannot match the height that Blackhawk Christian will bring to the table, Mm -hmm. but they want to run up and down the floor with you. Now, again, can they stop easy baskets to the rim from Fort Wayne Blackhawk Christian? I don't think so. (laughs) But as far as the best team that Blackhawk will play the first two weeks of the tournament, Mm -hmm. that is 21st century. So, uh, And I think the folks at Blackhawk Christian know this is their biggest test, at least of the semi-state. Well, an an interesting fact about, uh, we talk about Blackhawk Christian, but 21st century, they have uh, an impressive 12 game winning streak heading into this game so they've got a lot of momentum exactly and they've now won four consecutive sectionals and frankly i thought
thought their sectional, sectional 49, was probably the deepest sectional in 1A because they had counts that they played twice and mm-hmm. beat them both times. It was ranked almost the entire year. Both Morgan Township and Washington Township had really good seasons as well. Again, they were the favorite and they took care of business. They won't be the favorite against Blackhawk, but Blackhawk knows it's, it's a familiar foe for them because they played at this round in the past. That should be a really good game. Well, and then moving on into two A, there is a there is a game that that I've got uh, <laughs> that I've got my eye on. That's Wabash versus Frankton. Wabash, Paul Wright leading that team incredibly well. The Apaches barely got by Manchester by three in the sectional championship game, and Junior Trenton Daughtry leads the charge. Well, the thing is, is that uh, one of my favorite phrases this time of year is that we're not in the win judging business. Mm-hmm. Did you win the game or not? When you have just won a sectional for the first time in fifty two years. <laughs> You weren't playing Manchester. You were playing five decades of history Mm -hmm. is what Wabash was playing in that game. So congratulations to the Apaches. They end the longest sectional drought of any of the schools that that won. There were some other schools that had not won in a long amount of time. Shoals that made the final. Crothersville and 1A that made the final. But it was Wabash that cashed in. And after winning their first conference title since 1946, <laughs> they won time. their first sectional since 1967. And their reward is a team that comes from an outstanding sectional in Frankton. A team that I saw beat a solid 4A school in Southport uh, on their floor in the Forum Tip-Off Classic back on December the 8th. Of course, Brent Brobs now has taken his team multiple times to Bankers Life Fieldhouse and won a state championship just two years ago. It's a really good field at Lapel in that 2A regional, but uh, Franklin and Wabash, it'll be a great game. That is always a tough ticket every year, and knowing that, again, generations of Wabash fans are mm-hmm. going to want to be at that game you probably should be camping out in lapel as we speak to make sure you can actually get to go. Yeah, and then the thing about Frankton is they o- they also won their sectional championship game by only three points against Wapahani, and then senior Caden Key, he's leading the charge for the Eagles, 18 points per game. Now, we're talking about 1 and 2A. we got to move into 3A. There's going to be a couple games we're going to discuss here. The first one is Beach Grove versus Greencastle. Beach Grove, Mike Renfro leading the charge there. The Hornets, they won sectional three – or, they excuse me, they won sectional – by only three points. So many close games. Gavin Hess and Jawan Allison, they lead an ambitious Hornets squad. Well, again, Beach Grove is playing inspired basketball, literally. Absolutely. Uh, because of the passing of, of Matt English back in December after battling brain cancer for many years. And, and he didn't lose his battle. But he won that battle for a long time. And, and Mike Renfro was a fantastic player at Beach Grove back in the 90s, played college basketball at the Division I level. Uh, but they are carrying out the mission, the we-before-me mission that Matt English had as both the basketball coach and director of athletics at Beach Grove High School. That was a very balanced sectional at Danville. Really, five of the six teams could have won that sectional, but Beach Grove outlasted Manuel by three. So there were a lot of uh, tears shed, and there will be over mm-hmm. the next few days for how that played out. Um, Beach Grove and Greencastle should be an outstanding matchup. Frankly, Attucks is the favorite mm-hmm. in, in that regional. Absolutely. Uh, and so those two teams battling to see who likely will play Attucks in the championship game, but also at Greencastle, a quick nod to Owen Valley. And there was carnage in a lot of the brackets as far as sectional upsets were concerned. Absolutely. Probably no more so than 3A. Owen Valley wins their first sectional in 13 years, upsetting an Edgewood team that was in the polls for almost the entirety of the basketball season. Again, Attic's the favorite there, but there is no better story in the state 
than what Beach Grove did to honor Matt English by winning that sectional on Saturday night. And one thing that the Beach Grove uh, squad is going to have to look forward to is Greencastle coming off of that, like we mentioned earlier, that ridiculous overtime victory against Crawfordsville. And then on top of that, Brody Whitaker averaging 18.6 points per game. That's going to be a wonderful game. Home rims, too. <laughs> that, that, that's that got to count for something. The McAnally Center, if you've never been, is a wonderful place to watch a basketball game, especially if you're wearing Tiger Cub purple, as a lot of their home fans will be on Saturday. Going to jump right into some of the uh, some of the bigger 4A games here. We've got Huntington North versus Zionsville. The Vikings have just won their first sectional championship in about 18 years. They've got three players averaging over 12 points per game, Stoltz, Doherty, and Pulver, and they also easily handled their sectionals running right into regions. Well, the thing is, Huntington North is part of a very balanced sectional that they won, and they're one of those teams that that you dread facing, and not because you, you dislike playing, because you have so much respect for him. Craig Teagle has done a wonderful job. First at Jay County for many years, led them to the 2006 3A State Championship, where they got beaten by Newcastle in that game. Uh, was a former Indiana All-Star coach back in 2012, uh, and that All-Star team was pretty good. You know, Gary Harrison, Yogi Ferrell off that bunch, now <laughs> playing in the NBA that he coached uh, for, for that week span uh, some seven summers ago. He doesn't have that level of talent in Huntington North this year, but he's got guys that can knock it down. Huntington North is averaging 43% from three-point range in the season, and the signature of a Craig Teagle coach team is great defense. The Vikings opponents are are scoring 42 points per game, so it is a lunch pail affair anytime you play one of his teams. Now, Zionsville has the best player in that game Mm -hmm. in terms of Isaiah Thompson, all-time leading scorer in the history of Zionsville basketball, over 2,000 points, and is going to play at Purdue next year. Of course, following his older brother, PJ, who had a fantastic four-year career uh, with the Boilermakers. Zionsville is the more talented team, Mm -hmm. period. Okay, But Huntington North, because of how they play, because of some of their tendencies, because of whom their coach is, they will make this a great game at Logansport. Well, and, and and we also have some some interesting. It's not just the matchups that we're going to see in regional. We also have some interesting scenarios that could possibly play out throughout the classes. Greg, what are some of the scenarios that uh, might interest you a little bit? Well, I tell you what, there are three other games. Um, one of them a possible, one of them definitely going to happen that we got to make sure we get to before we exit stage left. So in four A. LC and BD have mm-hmm. to be talked about. Oh yeah, uh, and again, you've heard me sing the praises of Lawrence Central earlier in, in the broadcast. But Ben Davis is such a tough matchup because who has the size to battle six eight and three fifty of Dewan <laughs> Jones, who will play football at Ohio State next year? Frankly, Chris Holtman make him play basketball next year at Ohio State because he's that good. And if he's watching, I'm sure my buddy Chris is nodding his head in agreement <laughs> as we speak. And so. Because Ben Davis, those those kids, some of those like Jalen Windham, he's going to play at Georgia State next year. He was a big part of a state championship team two years ago. Mm-hmm. They've got four Division One athletes in three different sports on that Ben Davis team. That will not be an easy game for Lawrence Central. So that's the second game in the morning at Southport and 4A. That should be on your radar. In terms of 3A is concerned, you hit on Beach Grove and Greencastle. Mm-hmm. I think the better matchups in 3A all should be or could be, maybe it's the better way to say it, in the evening games, and especially if it's Delta and Marion. Oh, yeah. And for Delta, they're going to be thinking, my goodness, we, we keep getting these unbelievable scores we got to line up against. They are the only undefeated team left in the state of Indiana. And in Josh Bryan, they have their own fantastic score as well, but they are in the same sectional as Luke Bumbleo, who averages 
low 30s per game. Same sectional as Blackford with Luke Brown, who mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure averages about 1,000 points per game. <laughs> and then you're going to get Jalen Blackman, who also averages over 30 points per game. Wow. If you get past the morning game, that's likely who you are going to see in the championship game in Marion's building at the Bill Green Arena. So there is that. But there is also the game that is nearest and dearest to my heart <laughs> because my alma mater made the sectional, made the regional round yep. for the first time in five years. Fire truck night in Lanesville on Saturday <laughs> as the Eagles were able to get past Christian Academy. In fact, when they won their games in the sectional last week, A, they beat a pair of 16-win teams, and B, a pair of teams that beat them both in January, first in South Central, then in CAI. They will face a West Washington team in the in the morning game of the regional uh, on Saturday. Then it would be likely bar or even the championship game, and that might be where the run stops. But for the first time in the history of my alma mater, girls and boys sectional champions in the same year. God love you, Lanesville, and I'll be cheering uh, from you from afar, from like two-thirds the other direction across the state in Logansport coming up on Saturday. I admit it, I love working with money, negotiating, and making big decisions. That's why I'm majoring in finance and economics at Lawrence Tech. What's truly amazing about the education here is the small class sizes that give me easy access to my professors who truly care about my future. They even helped me get a great internship. And I was able to fulfill my lifelong dream of playing college golf. Lawrence Tech, where Blue Devils dare. Greg's happy. I'm happy. We're all happy for boys sectional basketball. We have uh, been talking about some of the teams, but um, before we get to the part of the show where we find out just what is on Greg Rakestraw's radar, we have to find out who some of the wonderful players are, a couple that I'd like to mention, for Wally's Wonders. And they've been mentioned on the show in the last four or five minutes. I should do a better job of reading Drake's notes. Please continue. He he spoiled the surprise. My first wonder is the one and only senior Josh Bryan. We just discussed Delta High School, how they're undefeated. Well, you can thank a large part of that to, yes, the coaching, and yes, the the playmaking ability of the entire team, but this young man averages 23 points a game. He averages five and a half rebounds. He also drops two and a half dimes a game, plays great defense, a third of the points. You can contribute to him, and he is the leader of the only undefeated team. And again, this is this is a great throwback for Delta. They had a great run the last year of one-class basketball in 97. They were the 2002 3A state champs. In mm. fact, they beat an Al Gooden-coached Harding team mm. in that championship game some 15 years ago. But interest had kind of waned in, in, in terms of basketball at Delta. Mark Detweiler did a phenomenal job at Union County but never really had the horses because to compete with a lot of the Indianapolis 2A level schools yeah. when he was at Union County. That was in the heyday of Park Tuner, Cecina, and Speedway. Had some really good teams during those years as well. Now, maybe a better chance to advance past the regional round at Delta, although, again, having to do so at Marion is not going to be easy. Well, and then the other uh, young man that is on my radar, and yes, we did just discuss him, and yes, there's reason for that, and it is senior Isaiah Thompson from the Zionsville Eagles. He tw- he's averaging similar points to Josh uh, to Josh Bryan, 23.2 points per game, two and a half rebounds, one more assist than Josh Bryan, but he also averages 
a third of the team's points, and he's one of the highest scorers in the state and in 4A. And this has been a unique year for Isaiah because he's actually, even though he's built like a point guard and will have to play point guard at Purdue, mm-hmm. he's really played the two guard up until this year. Uh, they had a great point guard in Riley Bertram the last couple of years that is now playing baseball at the University of Michigan. Uh, it, it's a front court loaded team for Zionsville, so much more of the ball handling load and even the three point shooting load have been put on Isaiah's shoulders this year. Mm-hmm. And as per usual, he is up to the task. He became the school's all-time leading scorer in the regional round last year. The guy that he passed, probably heard of him, Brad Stevens, head coach of the Boston Celtics. Now (laughs) Zionsville has made the regional for a second consecutive year, which means they're back-to-back sectional champs. That did not happen in Zionsville in 60 years. Now they will try on Saturday to get out of the regional round for the first time since 1953. And if they do, Isaiah Thompson will likely be the guy that helps carry the freight for that Zionsville team. We've got all sorts of historic stuff happening here in the boys' basketball tournament. Now we have got to the part of the show where we find out just what is under Greg Rakestraw's radar. Tell him. All right, so I, I think I've mentioned like half the school still playing in the state at this point. So in the interest of just trying to cover something that we haven't talked about yet, one of the deepest regional fields I think is in 2A and is in the southern half of the bracket. So with that, uh, let's go to Paoli. Here are the four teams that are playing there. Southwestern, they've been number one for most of the year in 2A. They have lost just one time all year. Paoli, remember that Paoli and Crawford County were on, was on our radar about a week or two ago? Mm-hmm. Yep. They played for the Potoka Lake Athletic Conference Championship on the 22nd. Rams won that. They then played in Crawford County's gymnasium for the sectional championship. Rams won that one, too, on Saturday. Now they get to play in their own gym in terms of the regional. Linton Stockton, that made the 2013 2A state final, maybe 2012, somewhere around those days. Joey Hart does a phenomenal job coaching the minors. They had to get out of a really tough sectional. They did that. They've been ranked in, in the 2A poll for most of the season. Another team that has been borderline top 10 is the Tell City Marksman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Tell City playing in a regional game for the first time in 26 years. So much history. Their first sectional uh, since uh, we went to class sports some 22 years ago. So congratulations to them. Those will be four fantastic fan bases. Paoli has a wonderful gym. There's no way that everybody's going to be able to fit in that building. Uh, there be like, There's going to be like a scalper's market in between games <laughs> of the morning session of Paoli just to get everybody in. So if uh, you don't have a dog in the fight, you want to go see some great basketball and great Hoosier hysteria, the 2A regional at Paoli will be fantastic. We've got all sorts of basketball coverage coming up for you next week. It's going to be the results of the regional games. We've got history on the line for several schools. We've also got Lanesville winning their first sectional championship. Be on the lookout for them. We all know Greg will. Greg, it has always been an honor. Well, thank you, sir. I appreciate that. <laughs> Simply put, whether Lanesville's in the semi-state or not, we'll have coverage of all of the games in the semi-state. So, remember, we're down to eight games that take place next Saturday. So, literally, we'll have an in-depth preview of every game at four different semi-state sites, working from north to south, from Elkhart to Lafayette to Seymour to Washington. We'll have that covered for you next week from a preview standpoint. Now, all of this zaniness would not be possible without our friends at Lawrence Tech. And to find out more, ltu.edu for more information. For Todd Young behind the scenes and for Drake Wally to my left, this is Greg Rakestraw. Thanks for joining us. We'll do it again next week right here on Hangtime Indiana.